This is Facing Fentanyl. Interviews with actual users. That was my first encounter with fentanyl. Their experiences. My nose was to the steering wheel and I could barely stay awake. But most importantly, the lessons leading them out. I'm the only person in that picture that is still alive today. Where they can speak of what it is to be facing fentanyl. The following interviews depict substance use and mental health disorders, including abuse, depression, suicide, and trauma. If you or someone you know are suffering from these disorders, we recommend reaching out to the National Prevention Lifeline at suicidepreventionlifeline.org or the National Alliance on Mental Health at nami.org. That's N-A-M-I.org. Listener discretion is advised. We'd like to thank our sponsor, La Jolla Recovery, before getting back to our interview. La Jolla Recovery is an alcohol and drug treatment center in San Diego, providing evidence-based solutions to addiction for over 12 years. The pandemic has impacted mental health immensely, and if you're wondering whether a loved one or yourself might be using a substance beyond recreation or fun or social bonding, La Jolla Recovery wants to answer all your questions in a private and confidential manner at LaJollaRecovery.com. That's L-A-J-O-L-L-A Recovery.com. That's again L-A-J-O-L-L-A Recovery.com. Now back to our interview. Rob, tell me what what is fentanyl from from someone who who, who has experienced it how how could you explain it um okay so my first um, encounter with fentanyl fentanyl was prescribed to a buddy of mine's grandmother who is terminally ill and dying of cancer it's used pharmaceutically to treat people that are dying to just help them cope with pain um but now it's like it's it's almost like terrorism um you know, um, I've been shooting heroin for 10 years. In the first encounter I had with fentanyl, um, my buddy, whose grandmother was dying, he, she died, and she had all these patches left, these fentanyl patches. So basically, fentanyl is measured in micrograms, whereas like morphine or oxycodone is measured in milligrams. So milligram per milligram, fentanyl is stronger than morphine. So it's measured in micrograms, and these patches, you put them on, it's like a transdermal patch, kind of like a nicotine patch, and uh, they last 72 hours. And for 72 hours, they, they treat pain. So he sold me one and I didn't know how strong they were and it was gel and I cut the corner and I ate the gel and I waited 30 minutes and I got irritated because I wasn't getting high. So I ate the rest of the patch and it was probably that evening and I got super loaded. I couldn't hold my eyes up and um, you know I was just wrecked from eating this patch and I went to sleep and usually if I were to get super high on say like morphine or Oxycontin and I got high at night, when I woke up, I wouldn't be high anymore. But this next morning I woke up and I was going to technical school, technical college. So I get up at like seven in the morning, I go to my first class and I'm literally still as high as I was the night before. So I was just blown away. So I, I attend my first class and I go to my truck to smoke a cigarette. And um, the next thing I did is that Keep in mind, I think my class ran from like seven to eight. So I get out of class around eight, go to my truck, smoke a cigarette, and I pass out. And the next thing I know, I wake up and the parking lot's empty and the lights the parking lot are on. And it's like eight o'clock at night. And I was like, oh my fucking God, dude, I slept for like 12 hours. And, um, you know, I was driving home and like my nose was to the steering wheel and I could barely stay awake and I was just wrecked out of my mind. And this is really even before I got into like IV heroin and IV drugs. So that was my first encounter with fentanyl. And um, so I started shooting heroin in about like 2011. And um, I think about about that time, fentanyl was starting to be introduced as like 
a cutting agent. Like they were cutting their heroin with a little bit of fentanyl to make it more potent. So people would go toward that heroin. And, uh, you know, it's still kind of available, like, pharmaceutically every now and then. People get their hands on it, but it's pretty tough. Like, it wasn't, like, there was a market for, like, prescription oxycodone that people were selling them. But there wasn't really a big market for, like, those patches. They're pretty hard to come by. Like, a lot of doctors are really, like, they pretty much won't prescribe them to you unless you have, like, chronic, chronic, chronic pain or, like, you're terminally ill and you're dying. So, but, yeah, so I started shooting heroin for, like, two years. And then um, I just kind of gradually noticed, like, fentanyl creeping up like it was starting to be available in just like raw fentanyl powder form and it was like super potent and um how how common was this meaning in school did you know other people see that's the thing like my my whole friend group they 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 um they smoked weed and they drank and they partied on the weekends and then you know that was kind of the end of it i alone like i really kept my heroin addiction secret because all my friends like They, they didn't want me in their car. They didn't want me in their house because they knew I had dope and I had needles on me and they just didn't want to be around that. So they were really like, my friend group really shied away from me. So so it's it's stigma even with within drug users? The fentanyl? Well, y yes. Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, um, yeah, people don't want to be around you. Like, if you're strung out on heroin, you know, they don't want you in their house, in their car, because, like, uh, you know, they know that you're doing shady shit, you're untrustworthy, um, you like to steal. I like to steal. I lied. I would lie so much to where, like, I could uh, I could visualize my own lies and believe they happened. And uh, it was kind of sickening. And I lied. And I stole, I stole so much from my, my, my parents and my grandparents that, like, Even to this day, it, it hurts. Now I'm sober. Uh, uh, but I'm, I'm sure it didn't all of a sudden uh, like, uh, start from one day to, to another. It did, how does exposure happen? Does it happen at a party? A friend shares it as something else? Uh, I, I don't know. Like... Once I got into the heroin scene, it was just like every now and then it, it, it would be available. You know, like my friends weren't like drawn toward fentanyl, my friend group personally. I had to go like outside of my friend group to like, I was dealing with like sketchy, so people so sketchy, I didn't even like dealing with them. You know what I mean? While I was stealing and lying to everyone. I'm like, in that moment when I'm a dirtbag and I'm stealing from everyone and I'm lying to everyone, I don't want to be around these people. That's kind of how, back then, now it's more readily available. What do you think drives someone to 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 want to try opiates? Try opiates? I think um, see, opiates are everywhere. Like if you've ever had a tooth pulled, um, if you've ever went to the emergency room and like you broke a bone, they're probably going to prescribe you um, like hydrocodone or Percocet. So like a lot of kids, 12, 13, you can go in your parents' cabinet, probably find oxycodone or hydrocodone or maybe even like a codeine syrup. And those are opiates, you know, it's, it's, it's opium, they're synthetic opioids, you know what I mean? And uh, so if you, try, you eat two or three Percocet and you realize that you like it, you start to seek those out. And when you start to seek out more Percocet, these people, they have like higher strength oxycodone. Like that's when you get like oxycodone 30s and like Dilaudid and like these really serious, gnarly, um, strong painkillers that are opiates, almost as strong as heroin. So it starts with prescriptions? Absolutely, yeah. This is Facing Fentanyl. 